Welcome to a new edition of Full Time Out presented by K Black with everybody's uncle. We got a special episode today. We are back with the NBA, so we're going to do a little preview of the uh, of the standings of the NBA. So we're going to give our predictions of that and we're going to talk about some of the news happening in the bubble. But first, what up, Unc? What up, what up, what up, Kev? I'm good, man. How you been? I'm good, man. You know, same old, but a little different now because, you know, basketball is back in full effect. Basketball is back in full effect. Um, we're going to get to last night's game uh, after, but first off, I want to talk a little bit about some of the news uh, that we had. So, Lou Will went magic, so he had to leave the <laughs> bubble for a family emergency. Obviously, you know, uh, that happened, so he had to get back to Atlanta. But in the meantime, Lou found himself at, uh, in, in the Magic City. Right. So the strip club. Um, and so people found out a picture was brought up on the Internet and he got some consequence. How do you feel about the consequence that Lou got for, you know, potentially endangering everybody in the bubble? Um, I think it, it's necessary. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I feel like. You know, the, the guidelines are put together to, you know, to help a bigger cause, the cause being, you know, trying to get the league back, um, you know, and things like that. But not only that, we're trying to keep everybody in there safe, right? Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is the most important thing. So I feel like those protocols were put out there to, you know, look out for the guys. So I think, you know, if he, you know, he broke the rules, then, you know, they definitely got to do something, you know, just to make sure that nobody thinks of, you know, trying to do that thing again. You know what I mean? I think he, he was... I guess fortunate enough where they would uh, they allowed him to go back home for the emergency, but now you know everything else that you do on the side, you know, is no longer considered an emergency. Exactly, and you know maybe he got lost. He, he was trying to get wings, as he said, but <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the reality is this can't be taken lightly. You know no. the the whole league worked so hard to put this together. They invested a lot of resources in making sure that this was the safest environment possible. Right. And off of one person going and coming back. And if he hadn't been caught, I don't know if, it, you know, nobody would have known that he had been to Magic City. Right. And that that could have potentially uh, made him, you know, a positive case. And he, he could have caught the virus. And with a, if he had not quarantined for the right amount of time then he could have uh, came in contact with some of his teammates, some of the personnel uh, on the Clippers, and the whole thing could have been shut down off of this one incident. You know? Right. I mean, and he, he actually kind of got lucky that it, it, was, it was found that he, he actually went to Magic City. Right. You know, because I think the, consequ the consequences could have been a lot worse if nobody had known that he had been there and potentially, you know, put everybody at risk of contracting the virus. Exactly. And, and, no. I, and I heard some, some people say, you know, the because I, I saw DeLon Wright commenting on on Shams Bulls, Shams Saranya, and saying, you know, that was a little too harsh. I was like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, are you really surprised, though? Because 
I mean, since ever since they've been in the bubble, right? You heard a lot of stuff, uh, things about you know the, the food not being the best, or why are we here? And there's just so many things going on that I'm not surprised that somebody would say something like, uh, you know, it's a little harsh or whatnot. But <laughs> what you saw what what happened with the MLB, like right? They weren't in a bubble, and some of the Marlins players, you know, they tested positive, and now the whole team, their whole season is canceled. So. I'm, It makes sense. I mean, look, the whole league was shut down because of someone, you know, exactly. acting acting a little stupid, you know what I mean, on, on something like not taking it serious or messing around or whatever, and boom, just like that, everything was shut down. Exactly. So this cannot be taken lightly, and we have At to all. keep repeating this, that this is a serious issue, and, you know, people have to understand that, hey, if you get up, You're putting yourself at risk, but when you come back, you're putting the whole thing that's been put up at risk. Of course. So people shouldn't think that, oh, well, Lowell got a raw deal because, you know, he only went there to take to, to get some wings. I mean, right. <laughs> even though he went, to get to, he went there to get some wings or whatever, it, should, it, it still shouldn't be taken lightly. And of the consequences not. were, and the punishment sort of was warranted, you know. It's just a longer quarantine that he's going to have to do, and that's going to impact course. his team for the first few games. But, I mean, it is warranted. It definitely impacted yesterday's game, though, even though we're going to talk about it later. It definitely did. It definitely did. Um, another news uh, that we saw is that Kyrie Irving has been uh, really putting himself uh, at the front line as far as philanthropic work goes. Right. Um, he pledged uh, a fund to, to get – WNBA players paid when uh, they were not playing in the wobble. So how do you, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about Kyrie and his willingness to, uh, to really put himself out there. So how did you react to that news that uh, Kyrie was uh, doing some other things uh, philanthropically? Um, it, was, it was amazing, actually, uh, just because, like you said, we spoke about it earlier. Yeah. And, um, you know, the way we felt about Kyrie, we felt like, you know, people were attacking him and without necessarily giving him a chance to kind of show that he's doing everything in good faith. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was bashed a lot. And, and I think one of the stuff you brought up is he's been active, you know what I'm saying, on, on social causes. And just this just puts a stamp on it. You know yeah. what I mean? He just wasn't running his mouth. I think a lot of people were like, oh, You don't want us to play because you're in a comfortable situation. You can afford not to have a few millions. But he's not yeah. just talking. He's also walking the walk, which is, exactly. you know, I think he, he deserves it uh, as far as, like, you know what I mean, the love that he's going to get with this, even though that's not why he's doing it, just because I feel like the past few years, he's been getting a lot of hit, you know what I mean? People mm -hmm. have been calling him selfish. All the names in a book without necessarily, you know, getting close enough to understand what's his thought process. You know what I mean? I think often he thinks outside the box, and that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and another thing is, you know, it, it's about him having the resources. And the thing is, you can live, like, he, to, in his mind, I guess, he can live a comfortable life and still give out to other people. You know, exactly. and it's a, it's a real show of unselfishness because, as we know, the... Overall, I think the uh, salaries for the WNBA, I don't even know if it comes close to a million dollars a year for the whole league. At all. I don't you know? think so. So 
you know, him starting that fund to make sure that, you know, the players that choose not to go to the Wubble and that are not necessarily going to get paid uh, are getting something and he's making sure they're taken care of, even though it shouldn't be his responsibility. Right. But it's the step in the right direction in the sense that it pushes other people to do something. Right. Because they shouldn't be left, you know, by themselves to starve. Because if somebody is out of a job, well, they should be taken care of either by, you know, their workplace or their, you know, whoever the powers that be to take care of that. But, you know, in his mind, he felt that they weren't being taken care of and he took that responsibility and all praise can go to him. I mean, it's, it is amazing to see uh, how involved he, he has been ever since he, he pledged to, uh, to do more for social justice. Right. Um, and with that, also, you know, the WNBA has obviously restarted. Uh, have you have you gotten a chance to watch a couple of games? Um, I got a chance to uh, watch uh, Sabrina go to work. Um, yeah, she had a little thirty piece there. You know, <laughs> only second game in the league, and right, she's already right, showing that, off. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it was it was great to watch her just go to work. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I guess we've been waiting for her for so long to get at that level, and now you know to see her putting in that work, it, it's yeah. just amazing. No, it's really it's really nice to see. And the thing, the the team obviously that impressed me the most uh, as of now is the defending champs. I thought without Deladon, that you know their best player, they they might have had trouble. But you really see that this team was all about strength in numbers. Right. And you know. Now that Deladon is not playing, Miss Amanda stepped up. Um, you know, Heinz Allen, you know, she came off the bench last year. She really wasn't getting a lot of minutes now. Right. She's stepping up big time. So it's to see that they're, they've really built a, a championship organization, despite the fact that they're without their, you know, two potential future Hall of Famers, Tina Charles right. and Deladon. And they're still, I mean, they're blowing out teams. Like, it's not like those right. teams are close. <laughs> You know, last night they beat the Storm by 20. And, wow. you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch. I mean, I think it, with the fact that there's less sports going on, maybe the WNBA can get a little more attention because those right. girls really, you know, they play high-quality basketball. And they see. really do. They really do. And that's, I often tell people, you know, who, who don't like uh, women's basketball, it's like if you want the fundamentals, if you want the game to be played the right way, if you appreciate yep. that type of stuff, they are the one you have to watch. They they just play such a quality basketball. It's it's amazing to watch. No, and that's definitely true. I remember last uh, it was last year that uh, Liz, yes. Liz, Liz, Liz Cambridge, <laughs> I mean, uh, Liz Cambridge, she put up, I think it was 40-piece, uh, texted you. I remember saying that was all footwork. Right, right. All, all <laughs> footwork. Right. You know. I remember you sent me that. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like anything, no, nothing really athletic, but it was just mastering the fundamentals and understanding yes. how to take position, how to fill your 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 men from behind, and right. understanding where the basket is. You know, and working that footwork. Right. And that's right. all she did, and it, you know. She, she put up big numbers last year. Definitely. Uh, and speaking I mean, of footwork, I, I don't know if you've seen that little clip, Candace Parker uh, working out her daughter, I think one of the shoot-arounds or something, just, you know, showing her the footworks. You know what I mean? That's exactly what she was showing her. And, yeah. you know, she 
But she's learning definitely from one of the greatest, you know what I mean, things like that. And she could be a problem if she's really into basketball. Oh, yeah, because she, she's going to be a tall one. Right. She, she's going to be, yeah, definitely. Um, also, another league that uh, was that it's in a bubble and it's been going on, our Canadian league, the CBL. So uh, I know you've caught a little bit of that, some of the games. Right. And uh, what, what, what did you think about the level of play and – overall the competitiveness of, of the league and how it's been um the, the level of play is pretty good yeah um, it's definitely pretty good you know what i mean all these these pros but not only that i think some of the teams got like the younger guys showing out too you know what i mean yep. showing what they they're able to do i love the whole concept of that league um you know giving a chance for guys who are currently in university test out you know what i mean what they're you know, they could look like, oh, as far as going on against other professionals, but other professionals yeah. to come back in a home court advantage, you know what I mean, playing home. A lot of these guys, they play overseas and stuff like that throughout the season, and, you know, they, not everybody gets to follow them, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, yeah. family and friends. So to come back in this environment playing a high-level basketball, I think it's really, really dope. No, it's really dope, and the fact is that uh, CBC made it available, and, you know, Everybody has right. access to CBC, so that's what I, I really mean, like about it. Yeah, it, it, that's really good. It, it, sometimes, I mean, it's sometimes hard to follow some of the leagues, some of the leagues that are not ENBA, but this has been made accessible for everybody, and it's been really fun to watch. And especially with right. that Elam ending, you know, yep. <laughs> we, we watch it at the at the TBT every year, but you know, right. the the uh, this league, you know, they decided that this was going to be their thing, and it puts a different type of pressure right. on the leading team because but, but go ahead go ahead whenever you're leading right you're playing right. you're playing the clock right but with this format you know when again the elam ending i mean you have a target score right so for either team you just have to figure out um, i gotta find the best shot even like when you're down and you have to play against the clock it's a lot harder You're stressing right. out because you have you just have to find quick buckets and press and whatever. But when you don't have the Elam ending, you just have to stay disciplined. Right. And just stay, okay, we stay focused for these few possessions, each one possession at a time. We make a stop, we get a bucket, make a stop. And it feels a lot more like when we played in the park as young kids, you know? That's right. like, okay, right. Damn it, we're down 9-6. <laughs> Let's just focus for these few possessions. Let's get a few stops. Let's get a few <laughs> stops. <laughs> exactly. Let's just get a few stops. Right. And but, let's but get I back. Think the the only knock on it, though, so far, yeah. a lot of the game has been like a landslide. So that pressure has not been felt the right way. Now, I know, I think yesterday, uh, Ottawa, Ottawa team, played it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a little closer that was, yesterday. That was a close one. But before that, you know what I mean? I felt like it, it has been a landslide, so that pressure hasn't been felt that way. Mm -hmm. But definitely the one with Ottawa, um, I think that that's the type of vibe I need to get from the rest of the games. Like, I need that close one where, like you said, back on the court, they got game point, and you know it's not deuce and straight. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and exactly. like, yo, guys, we got to get this stop, and we got to take the right shot. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, it's really been interesting. It's been fun, and, you know, some of the guys that we hadn't seen for a couple of years, it's nice to see their, their progress and right. and see what they became in the last few years and how their games has developed. And I think for, like you said, some of the university guys, you, you kind of get to see the gap between, you know, the pro level and, right. and university ball because 
some guys that pretty much dominated university, you know, they're, they're having a learning experience right. playing against pros, the guys that have been pros for a couple of years and right. that really understand some of the ins and outs of the game and right. play at a different speed and different type of physicality, I think. Right. I think it's been great for those kids to, to learn that. Definitely. And, and I think, like, you, I think you, you hit it right on the nail when you said that the difference between the college guys and, and the pros. The pros, they play at their speed. It don't matter yeah. if it's 24-second shot clock, 15-second shot. They're playing at their speed. And you can tell the difference when you see a younger guy who's going 100 miles an hour because they have that energy and, you know, they figure the, the best way for them to get their shot is playing fast versus, you know, the older guy who's been around a little bit, he knows he just needs to get his sweet spot. You know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't matter if it takes him 10 years to get there. He's going to get there and he's going to make it work. Exactly. And once he gets there, that's all she wrote. Yeah, you know, that's all like she wrote. <laughs> like I always say, pros don't miss. You know exactly. Um, so let's get right to the to our main subject today. So uh, we decided that we're gonna go through a little bit of the schedule and figure out what would be our top eight at the end of the uh, of the season. So we're gonna go conference by conference. Right. Um, and we'll find out what our top eight is. Okay. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference. What? Uh, who did you have as an eight seed for East? Uh, as a Nate, the last one. Um, yes. Originally, I wanted to go <laughs> with Brooklyn, but you know, just because they were ahead a little bit. Yeah. But it's just they they they're not cutting it right now. You know, what I mean, from the, what I've seen, the fact that. They had a lot of, you know, a few guys, you know, dropping. I mean, they're currently down by 30 to Orlando. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. You just made my point. You know what I mean? So, D.C., you know what I mean? They, even though they, they, they lost a few guys, but their young guy is, you know, he, he's looking like this is going to be a breakout thing for him that's going to allow him to, you know, show up. A coming out, out party bit. for Rory. Right, yeah. right, yep. right. You know, you show me some a few clips. You know what I mean? And he, he definitely has a, a promising future. So I, I think I'm, I want to bet on them. Uh, and I think them also being having a few younger guys, like I think Troy Brown and, and stuff like that, I think they're going to come with that hunger like we got something to prove versus yeah. Brooklyn who, you know, they have a few vets. And, you know, I, I don't feel like they have that same hunger that we have something to prove. And that's what well, you said. They, they're down 30 right now, so it's hard to bet on them. But uh, I, I want to go with D.C., yeah, and, and the thing is, like, D.C., I mean, aside from, obviously, they, they, they don't have Bradley Beal, because I also have them at, as the eighth seed, because I think, you know, they only, they have one and a half game to catch uh, Orlando and Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So if they win two more games than Brooklyn, then they go into playing games, and I think in the playing games, they're going to beat Brooklyn. Right. Because... Well, Yep. Uh, my, my, my thing is, and this is the only thing I'm looking at, now you say I picked D.C., but what about the fact that Brooklyn, well, schedule seems to be a little lighter than D.C.'s? Yes, but they really don't have the horses. They, that they, bench <laughs> that bench is something. To, I mean, I've rarely seen something like that. Right. Like, the, and it's hard because you really don't have – most of your roster, so you had right. to sign guys and figure out on the fly. And the, the fact is, they had fired their coach right before 
this yeah, thing yeah, ended. Too, too, yeah, too much uncertainty. That's so there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of getting used to uh, in terms of the roster, in terms of the coach and right. everything. So I think for them, uh, this is really this, – this really has a feel like a whole new season for them. Like for right. a lot of teams, we say a whole new season because of the situation and the circumstances and the times that everybody was off. Right. But for them, it's like an entirely new roster with a new coach also. Right. So it's re it really is a tricky situation where I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of things to figure out for them. Right. And I think that's going to play against them. Whereas Washington coming in, they have nothing to lose in a sense. Their right. two best players aren't playing. Um, they have a young team. They're just, you know, and a young team, like we said in the last pod, like, they can just run and gun and play like it's summer league again. You know, and they have that continuity. Scott Brooks is still there. He's going to push them. He's going to push the right buttons. We know what he does with young teams. Right. Um, I, I think I, I'm, I'm willing to bet on DC on this one, honestly. Right. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, Brooklyn could definitely use Mr. We the Ones, Mr. Mike Beasley, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We the Ones, yes, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, seven seed, I guess you had the Magic as well? Right. Yeah, and I think for the Magic, um, they're fully healthy. Right. And that's a, that's a major plus because, you know, our guy, the, the one that we like, the transcendent, potential transcendent defender, John Isaac, Right. Um, he's coming back from injury, and right now he's on uh, limit restrictions. Him and Markel on limit restrictions, but having him fully healthy, I think, really, really changes their team it in does. terms of the lineups yeah. that they can put in and the versatility that they have. Um, I think it's they're going to be interesting to see. Definitely, I feel definitely. You know, uh, it, like you said, I think Kells is finally come into full form and the flashes that he showed he showed what you've been talking about for a while about the type of player he can be so yeah. that's gonna be a sight to see uh and like we talked about john john would have probably been on the defensive teams if he would have played the whole season uh yeah. so versatile uh you know uh he he makes it hard on on guys because they they're one of the teams that could put up those big lineups you know what i mean the big lineups that people are starting to fall in love with they're they're one of the guys one of the teams that, that can actually do that. And, you know, it doesn't look too crazy. No, and the thing is, they have big guys that can really move. Right. And that's, that's the main thing about having a big, a big lineup is, you know, can and John Isaac and Aaron Gordon potentially are really special for that because they can really defend on the perimeter. Right. But they can also, like, John really protects the rim. Like, he was the best shot blocker in the league right, right. before he got injured. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's it's something like going forward. I think I think this is going to be a team that uh, that people have to watch for because oh, defensively, what they can do is it's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I think you know what they, if their schemes was a little like Toronto, they they wouldn't be too far off as far as defensively. Uh, yeah, just because the the players that they have kind of matches, you know, Toronto's a little bit. Yeah. Definitely, because they have interchangeable parts. Exactly. In sense, you know, guys that can move and fly out and contest three-pointers and force you to drive, but also are quick enough to fill the gaps. Right. I mean, yeah, they can definitely look like one of those uh, great defensive teams that we have. Um, 
six seed, who did you have? Um, six seed. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, that's a tough one. Actually, it's not that tough. I'm gonna go with the Pacers. Yeah, I had the Pacers also sliding because, yeah. I mean, Sabonis is gonna be out. Yeah. And that was their best player. Biggest piece. Biggest piece. You know, that was their guy. That was this is their all star. Right. And they're going in like they're going in a bubble without their all star. Right. Even though Depot Depot is back, but right. Yeah, I'm but th- we don't even know if he's going to be a hundred percent because that's that exactly was, what I was going to say. Yeah, you know I mean that was we're also in limbo. Back, we don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we are not sure about Depot. Um, I mean, obviously they had they had a deep team because right. even when Depot was injured, you had Aaron Alde filling in. Um, you know, all sorts of guys and. They, they obviously have Malcolm Brogdon, which who I think is going to be fully healthy. Right. Like, they have a good team, and maybe Miles Turner can take some of the, you know, the load that Do- Domi had. But at the same time, he, he doesn't have the same behind-the-basket behind game and back-to-the-basket and, you know, being able to post up guys efficiently. He's not as good as Domi, and he's no. not nearly as good as a passer. Right. Which is one of the things that makes uh, Sabonis really special. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what they look like, but I think it's uh, it's going to be a challenge filling those uh, those numbers because he put up nineteen, twelve, five. Right. As far as raw numbers go. Yeah, that's you know, tough. So that's that, those are big shoes to fill in. Uh, number five seed. Um. See, that was a little tougher. I was going yep. back and forth between the Sixers and the Heat. Yep. And I, I might want to go with the Heat just because I want to I want to test this or I want to bet on something that I feel like could change the whole playoffs or the whole, yep. I guess, the rest season is the fact that they're talking a lot about Ben playing the forward. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that could change a lot. You know what I mean? With, I think that really helps the Sixers. Yeah. Yeah, and I think his ability to pass, being closer to the rim, I think with JoJo having the ability to shoot the three, so it kind of puts him in a position where he's going to be the only one operating in there. Guys can create traffic, cutting and relocating and, and, and things like that, and he's going to find dudes. That's, that's easy, you know what I mean? And, and, and the thing is, that's really, that really was his natural position. When we right. first saw him when he was at Monverde on the – Australian teams as a young right. kid, he was playing inside. Like he right. really has a good post-up game, right. and he's really good as a you know pick and roll player as being the screener, right? And rolling hard to the basket and being that threat, that lob threat, and also you know if you roll, you sell your man, and then he's able to work around right. there. So I think that's going to be actually that's actually going to be more of a natural fit than it was before. Definitely. I think it could be a scary sight, honestly. I think it could be a really, really scary sight, uh, you know, with that. and that's what I wanted to bet on. I'm just very curious because, mm-hmm. you know, I think we always felt that way that if, you know, they were able to do something like that, it, you know, with the guys that are able to make shots around him, it, it could be scary. Exactly. No, it, and the thing is, that does doesn't prevent him from just taking the ball and pushing it off the court when he has the opportunity because, no, he's a great rebounder for a guard, right. uh, quote-unquote. But right. um, 
It makes him it's, like a... He's super hybrid or uh, Lamar Odom. Exactly. And that's... I think that's the role that he should have had ever since he came in. Without league. a question. Because being a guard, they put that stamp that, you know, if you're a guard, you have to be able to shoot. Right. And him not being able to shoot, it was always this thing, well, why doesn't he shoot? Whereas if you say that he's a forward, then there's not that, you know, able that... Exactly, that pressure to take threes. Even though in today's game, it's better if you have the option that you can make it three, but at the end of the day, he's a 6'10 guy mm -hmm. that can pass, dribble, and finish. Right. So you can do a lot with that. He has all the talent. It's just you have to fit him properly with the right people around him. Definitely. So I, And I, I also had uh, each five and sixers four, but... One thing is the, the Miami Heat, they're also really, really healthy right now, and they have right. all their shooters, and they're, they're going to be interesting to watch. Um, they I'm are not, for sure. I'm, I'm betting for the upside of, of Philly. Exactly. exactly. That's I what... Just, I just yeah. when it comes to raw talent, you know what I mean? Ben being who he is and JoJo, you know, healthy, I think it... It's just it's it's hard not to bet on what Ben could be if you put him at the forward position just because of all the talent that he has. Now don't get me wrong, yeah. as a team Miami is dope. They're a really good team, but it's just it's hard to go against something like that. You know what I mean? Like it makes you a little curious to see what it could be. Yeah, definitely. Um, number three. Number three. Um, I'm gonna go with. It's hard, I, I want, because you know. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna go with um, with Toronto. You're off putting the, the Celtics ahead of Toronto. Off the simple fact that so far, right now, because we're talking right now, they're the three games ahead of, of the they Celtics. They are, but they also haven't been playing great in a in this uh, preseason thing. So that's the only reason why I want to say I want to give them time to get back into things, and I mm -hmm. feel like Boston is ready to go right now. That, that's the only reason, you know what I mean? But I think for the long run, for the long-distance run, I think Toronto, when they get back in full shape and full form, that they're going to be a force to reckon with. Well, the thing is, I, I haven't watched the scrimmages that much because I didn't, wanna, I didn't want it to bias my opinion because I felt like coaches were really trying to play everybody. That's true. And for Toronto, them not playing well, because I, I saw a few other games, and don't you think it, was, it had a lot more to do with them you know, having to play guys that Nurse wouldn't necessarily have that much, much confidence in playing. That's true. As many minutes. And I feel like he's such a good coach that he really, really understood what his roster needs in order to be at its, at its best, that I wouldn't bet on him to lose out, you know, a three-game lead over Boston. Uh, Especially... The, the only thing is I feel like he is such a good coach or a smart coach that he wouldn't mind, for example, going through a few, you know, situations to figure things out, to test things out a little bit early, to prepare him for the playoffs. Yeah. And I feel like that that's part of the reason. I, like I said, I feel like Boston is in full form, ready to go. And mm -hmm. then I feel Toronto is still figuring out a few things. And but Kemba's not 100%, though. Kemba's not 100%? No. 
He has this uh, arthritis in his knee Ooh. issue that could be pretty serious. Oh, man. So that boy Jason, though, man, that boy Jason. No, and and honestly, <laughs> I, I've always felt like this year their best, at well, not their best, but their best defensive lineup was probably uh, the three forwards with Marcus and Daniel T. Right. right. You know, that was that's a lineup like defensively, it was always really really good, and they can switch. Basically everything, um, everybody can guard inside and out. So, but but you know uh, what's the other thing too? Yeah, Boston has an easier schedule compared to Toronto. Yeah, and, Toronto and, starts and, off with you know yeah. Toronto it's pretty playing aggressive. everybody. Toronto yeah. is getting a playoff treatment. You get yeah. what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> that's why not a, a defending it, champ schedule. Yeah, right there. that is yeah. not. They're not being nice to them boys, man. They should have yeah. gave them a, a few JV games or something. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're really playing like the only teams that maybe the that I would say they're definitely favored against are Orlando and Memphis. Aside of that, they're playing LA, the Lakers, uh, Miami, Boston, Denver. Milwaukee, Philly, Denver. I mean, They're, this schedule is not nice for them at all. That's, and, uh, and that's yeah. part of the reason, too, where Boston has uh, D.C., Portland, <laughs> Orlando, Brooklyn, you know what I mean, Memphis. But like, don't sleep on, on, on Portland. We'll, we'll get on I'm Portland not, later. I'm not but <laughs> on Portland. You know what? I said Portland, but that was one of the team I was not sleeping on. And even Grizzlies, you know what I mean, I, I wouldn't sleep that much on them either. Just once again... They're coming trying to make the playoffs. So, you know, that hunger, you yeah. know what I mean, is different. You know what I mean? So, I, I wouldn't sleep on, on Memphis or uh, Portland. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, number one seed, we have the Bucks, I guess, for both. Right. Obviously, they had such a big lead. I don't think they're going to relinquish that. And I mean, they're well coached. They have the MVP, Defensive Play of the Year. Right. They're just, they're just a solid, solid team. And even in the scrimmages, I mean... <laughs> That's a team that doesn't take the pedal off. Huh? Right. It's right. crazy. They just go full <laughs> on, and they're trying to win every single hey, game. Usually when you're leaders like that, the rest of the team got to follow up, man. Exactly. And Giannis is, is built that way. He's, exactly. He's, you know, cut from that clot that yeah. we know some of the greats are cut from. So. Exactly. Um, so let's go to the West. Right. 8th <laughs> uh, seed. 8th seed. Uh, you might not like this, but I'm sticking with it. I'm going down with them, um, New Orleans. Say whatever, you, say whatever you want, but I'm riding with them boys, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. Hey, that number fourteen freedom was in his bag yesterday. And I think <laughs> with, with the help, with the, <laughs> with the help of uh, 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 Zion, when, once they get they, they get him off those restriction minutes, I think he could have. You know, they, they would have got the game last night. Oh, no. I th- well, Zion was a minus 16, but, yeah, I think I think playing him in the final minutes and getting him some easy buckets at the rim, I think, I think would have helped them. Um, I actually have Portland. Right. I think, I think Memphis is definitely – because they're probably going to have a, a tournament between all the teams. Cause right. I'm not sure who's going to be left off because yeah. you have to be four games from the eight seed. Yeah, that's one. So, true. and I think Memphis is going to have a hard time in the bubble. You think so? so? Yeah, I, I have a feeling like this. Why this do you is say setup. that? Well, I haven't liked what I saw 
in the uh, in the scrimmage games. Even though, like I said, I, I didn't want to put too much weight in those. Right. But I just felt like that's a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting. Right. Um, especially because they traded uh, Jay Crowder to Miami for Justice Winslow. So that's even less shooting uh, with right. Justice. So they're quote-unquote, their shooters are basically Dylan Brooks and who else? I mean, it's Dylan Brooks. Right. So, okay, and yeah. Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson can make threes, but those are your two best shooters, and I wouldn't say they're the most reliable as far as, you know, the three goes. So, teams being able to scout them and really pack the paint and figuring them out, I think it... I'm not... I'm not so high on them as far as the the bubble goes. Even though their schedule is really uh, favorable, right. you know they're playing Portland right now. Uh, they have San Antonio, New Orleans, Utah, I mean, OKC, okay, okay, Toronto, like Boston. Said, Portland ain't no joke. <laughs> Portland and, and exactly. So they have their first three games. They probably would have to win because if they lose those, then they lose ground and automatically we're going to have playing games featuring. San Antonio, New Orleans, Portland, and probably Phoenix, right? And Sacramento. So, if 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 they don't win those three, because afterwards it's Utah, OKC, Toronto, and Boston and Milwaukee, the last two, those are probably going to be teams that are going to be qualified for the playoffs. So maybe you you can catch them playing, you know, scrimmage type lineups. Right. But those first six, I mean, it's a gauntlet. Yo, Portland got a tough schedule too, though. I mean, everybody has a tough schedule in a way because those are all playoff teams. That's a fact. That's a everybody's fact. playing playing pretty good teams, but I feel like Portland they have everybody back. That's true. And and everybody CJ in the, looked that like he's been working by the way. It, it he looks a little tad heavy for me. Man, the way he's been shooting and getting buckets, man. He oh yeah. Some take one of those shots. I was like, wow. No, that's true. But you know, he he he, uh, he got blocked by the rim on one of those dunks. Yeah. I was like, man, Listen, CJ, come on. I forgave him when he did that step back behind the back and made that shot. Yeah. Stay stay below the rim, CJ. You know? It's all good. Um, no, but Portland, that's a team that is a year removed from the Western Conference Finals. Right. And having their whole squad back with Nurkic and Zach Collins. It just adds to their depth, you know? And we always talk about, you know, not having bad players on yeah. your on your rotation. And it's it's the main issue with Brooklyn. Brooklyn has a lot of guys that wouldn't necessarily be in the league on their rotation and that they have to play. So that makes them a little worse. Right. But Portland adding those guys that were really good rotation players uh, to the bubble, I mean, now you have a solid starting five and probably a really good top, top eight, top nine. Right. You know, that makes you a quality team and a team to be reckoned with going forward and pro- potentially for the playoffs. Yeah. So compared that to uh, New Orleans and Memphis, and New Orleans is really going to be a matter of them having more experience than some of the guys on, on NOLA. Yeah. You know, their best players versus NOLA's best players. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to gain ground on Memphis. Uh, to me, it's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, seven seed. Who seven did you have? Uh, 
it, it, it plays against my mind a little bit just because I think this, you know, this style kind of fits a little bit Houston as far as like that pickup style. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's a hit or miss. You know yep. what I mean? And and I think with the, with the look of their schedule, I feel like they, they might be the one, you know, being the seventh seed. I had the same thing. I had Houston also. And yeah. don't forget, people have figured out that small lineup. They have. You know, and Houston was on a pretty bad losing streak bec- before the season ended. Like, right. They had, uh, they had lost four out of five. They had just been Minnesota and Harden scored 37 right before the season was canceled. But, yeah, they lost to New York, the Clippers, Charlotte, Orlando. Um, because defensively, it's hard. It's right. really hard to play all small guys. Because you're consistently having, like, you have to defend big people, and all that takes time. a toll. It, it takes does. a toll. It takes a, even though they have to defend you on that end, but the physicality to defend in a post, it's not the same as, you know, having to defend on the perimeter and maybe switching and, you know, scrambling to have that switch back up and, you know, going back inside. But having to battle down low all the time, and not having any shot blockers, right? It takes its toll. It um, does. It does. So yeah, I had Houston as well at seven. Uh, succeed. Uh, succeed. We're gonna go with my people. My people, Luca. Yep, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> your 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 MVP. <laughs> yeah, my MVP. Yes, I need everybody to respect him. You you guys give me a lot of slack about that. That boy is nice. <laughs> no, he's nice. I mean, we never disagreed with the fact that he was really a good player, but it's only the fact that, I mean, Braun is really good. He is. And Braun Braun had a really good season, and I felt like you know, as far as the the All NBA went. I was trying to put the, the five best guys at each position. So yeah, that boy was having a historical season, man. But anyways, man, I that's know. a whole other discussion. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. But that team that team also, um, you know, they 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 don't have Willie Collestein, but I mean, regardless of who they have on the roster, their offense is always gonna be elite. Right. And that's really what it is. Right. Um and I think they had a lot of bad losses in a sense that, you know, in this kind of tournament schedule, you're a little more focused. You know, you have, you know, a certain amount of opponents that you know and that you can prepare for, right. you know, exactly day by day. Um, every You play every two days. You don't have back-to-backs or, or things like that. So for them, uh, and they play Phoenix twice in their schedule. Right. So, those are, I think, those are going to be wins. They play Sacramento. Um, so, I think they, they have a favorable schedule. Right. And I, and I have trust that, you know, with that coaching staff that they have and Luca and Porzingis fully healthy, that they're going to be able to make up that little ground that they have uh, to make on, on Houston. Right. You know, uh, fifth seed. Uh, fifth, originally, uh, I had OKC. Yep. But after the game last night, I got Utah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had Utah. But and 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 what was your reasoning for for putting Utah below KC? I um, want to hear that. For putting them below, um it's yeah. just like I said that the the way the game went yesterday, 
there were times that defensively they were just getting really shut down. Now they 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 yeah. and they they couldn't guard. Now don't get me wrong, Bi is really nice, but they just couldn't figure him out. You know what I mean? And everybody was kind of getting their way. And we we spoke about it. You said they were a pretty good defensive team. I couldn't see it yesterday, <laughs> especially in the first. Everybody was getting their way with them. You well, know what I mean? they 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 held them to below one ten still. They, they do I mean, because they, the second they, half they, was they, just They horrible. controlled that pace because but, New Orleans really tries to play fast, and Utah was really good at getting back uh, in transition def- right. defense and not allowing New Orleans to really get loose and but, get but all honestly, those buckets. Honestly, I don't buckets. even feel like New Orleans was running like that. They they were trying, but it, it they I think they, they, they were kind of testing it out a little bit. I don't feel that mm-hmm. was that was because that was their full-blown ability to – to run because I seen no, it's not. Throw, it, I, I've seen them really run, and yeah. it's a different breed. Like yesterday, I was kind of looking at like, what are we doing here? Are we are we trying to play half court? Like, what's yeah, up? No, like, why aren't yeah. guys running? You know what I mean? Like, well, what's going on? You know what I mean? I think maybe they they maybe gotten you know they fell asleep on the fact that Bi was putting in work, and even yeah. Drew was getting his way as well so maybe it's easy sometimes to fall in love with that and be like we're getting our way in the half court anyway so we don't really have to run mm-hmm. you know what i mean but and that then, plays right into the hands exactly that, they, that they, fool's goal yeah they stayed close enough they stayed close enough and then boom you know once they didn't have that advantage anymore and gobert started to really rotate properly and you know bothering shots inside right change change the whole dynamic right um but you're right. Offensively, I think the fact that they don't have Bogdanovich right. really hurts. And on the flip side of it, OKC, man, you can't go against Chris Paul. Um, yeah, and and I think they really found their groove. OKC they really, yeah. They have, they have, they they they're a really really good team. Um, a sleeper. Uh, they're definitely a sleeper in my eyes. Uh, they can catch some teams slipping. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, and I just feel like. For a young kid like Shay, um, as time goes, I just feel like this guy is just, it gets better and he gets better. And having those four months to whatever he did work on his game and so on, I, I just feel like it's kind of, for him, it's sort of a new season in a sense. You know, the, 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 prog- the progression that he made from last year to this year and then the, you know, the step that he could take from the year when it ended in March to now. I think that it could be another another little step into uh, into making him into the player that we think he can be, you know, right. a potential star uh, eventually. But just going back to Utah, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like they don't have enough guys that can really make shots. No. They're really not that efficient. And, you know, I mean, Jordan Clarkson is a fine player. He's okay. Right. But you really, really count on him to get buckets now. Right. And I don't think he's the most reliable guy. No. So you have those two small guards, Conley and uh, Mitchell. Right. That have to be your first one and two options. Mm-hmm. And then coming off the bench, it's got to be Clarkson. Right. So they, for me, they don't have enough weapon to uh, – I think they're a first-round team. Yeah, they're they're not a home court advantage team, and no. in the playoffs, I, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, to 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 sustain it and and get to the second round. I agree. 
They, um, they'll probably be facing OKC, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. If everything was to start today. Yeah, OKC is getting by them. Um, and 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 the thing is, the slow pace won't bother OKC. At all. At all, because I mean, like we saw this year in crunch time, they were by far the best team, man. It wasn't because they were running hard. I mean, it's because they had those three guards yeah. plus Gallo, and they just controlled the tempo. They had shot makers and you know smart, really smart basketball players on the exactly. court. Um, third seed. Third, uh, we're gonna go with Denver. Yep. Same, same, yeah. Denver, I mean. I think that the, the top three is kind of... Yeah, know, top three, I mean, yeah. Clips and Lakers. Right. It's easy to, so, to go with. Yeah, that's easy. So so we're going to move on to last night's game. I mean, obviously, you know, we spoke a little bit about the um, Utah-New Orleans game, but the LA versus LA game, what a show. Man, oh, man. Man, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That was that was something to see. Cause Yo. honestly, I thought yesterday, I thought yesterday, I was like, I think I would take a best of fifteen of these two players. Yo, I thought the playoff was starting yesterday. Cause nobody's giving an inch. No. Everybody is going super super hard. And one of the things that last night's game validated for me, and I, I mentioned it in the in the All NBA podcast, it was the. If the Lakers are to win a championship, it goes through Anthony Davis. Right. Anthony Davis has to be the best player on that team. Without a question. Like, be, because he's the matchup. He's the guy that I don't think anybody has a true solution for. No. So if you have that and he can be a force consistently, right. they really have a shot to, to, going, uh, to winning it all. Because Maybe. you saw that they had... Clip, the Clips have the horses for LeBron. They do, without a question. You know, and and I don't think that game was just him, you know, trying to get back to. Obviously, you know, he's getting his leg, legs back and, and everything, but those two guys made it super hard on him. Right. No, 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 no. Hold up. Time out, time out. Not those two guys. The, the whole team, because remember we spoke about it. Putting that yes. full court pressure on that man. That's true. And it's going to change a lot of things. <laughs> That's true. That is definitely true. Because they started off right away. They put that full court pressure. Right away. And, they, and, and they, you know, they forced him to play out of his comfort zone. And exactly. In a, at a pace that he doesn't want to play at. At all. You know. <laughs> and, but the thing is, the, defensively, I said I told you that he was putting a lot more effort this year and you saw that. He listen. The guys guys try to isolate him and try to take him one on one and he was standing his ground. Yes, but and like I said, when you have the best shot blocker or at least top two shot blockers at a game, a guy that we felt like potentially was defensive player of the year, telling you go ahead, I got you, it's different. You get what I mean? Like, no, but it, the imagine, thing is, like, so, like, on some of those possessions, Kawhi was really trying to get separation for but, his mid-range pull-up. And one thing, though, speaking of Kawhi, sorry to cut you off. Do you feel yeah. he's one hundred percent healthy? I, I I was thinking that. I felt I felt like he had he was a step slow. Yeah, you know, he he couldn't get that explosive step, and maybe he was picking his spots because 
I saw a couple of possessions he had a little faster twitch. But on those possessions against LeBron, he couldn't get by. No, like, at all. And the fact is, like, Braun is 6'9". Right. A true 6'9". And Kawhi is 6'7". And it showed. And it's like, if you can't get the separation and it's a much bigger guy that's just as fast, you're not going to be able to get that shot off. Definitely. But that's why, you see, like, I think in the other podcast, we, we spoke about Paul George, right? And I didn't want to mm-hmm. give him any slack because I was like, he is so freaking talented that, yes. you know, it, it's hard. Like, if Paul George was efficient, I'm sorry, he's better than Kawhi. It's just, like, some of the the, the spot he's uh, able to, hold on, let, just know. hear me out. If he was yeah, No, if he was more, if it was efficient. Yeah, if he, if was, he efficient, was efficient. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, there's some of these, like, these gaps that he's able to split in, like, weird on orthodox ways that Kawhi just can't do it. No, that's he, true. And honestly, if it was just, if he had a post-up game. Yeah. Honestly, that's the, the only thing missing a, in PG. If he could post up, if he could really take guys down low, I think, because last night I was like, oh, yeah, healthy, fully healthy Paul George is, Yo. is super elite. <laughs> super elite. Y'all the I way mean, he was slicing and dicing, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And and that's what, that that's one thing we underestimated, because the thing is, we saw him this year, he was coming off those shoulder surgeries, but... One thing was, last year was the top three MVP candidate. Yeah. And you, you can't overlook that. And you have to remind yourself of those things because, man, that guy's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And the thing is, with that Clippers team, it's, it's like the, the, the first game of the regular season when actually PG wasn't playing. Right. That's not their full form yet. Not at all. You know, Lou Will wasn't there. They're, they're missing approximately Trez, 40 points off the bench. <laughs> Exactly. Trez was in there. and w- Missing 40 points, but also you have to play guys that you wouldn't necessarily play all those minutes. Right. I don't think Joe Kim know what it gets all those minutes nope. if Trez is there. And, and, I don't Trez, think and Trez a, a bully down there, too. Like As far as like getting is. on the board and another physical body that will make things a little harder for LeBron and even AD. You know yeah, I mean? because... And, and and also defensively, well, defensively for them because he tires you out. Yes, you have to always account for him running hard towards the lane. Right. Um. You know, because on the defensive end, he's not the greatest. He's no. gotten better at, at challenging shots at the rim. Right. But offensively, man, he's a problem. Oh yes. He's really, he really is a, a problem, and and the thing last year. I was really pissed because I was like, man, Marcus Morris is killing them. Right. Marcus Morris was really a liability, and those minutes are Trez minutes. Right, right. So I, I think in the Lakers, you have to feel good that, with the fact that you won, but right. also understand that, so and LeBron said it, you know, they were missing, like, despite the fact that they were missing Lou and Trez, you know, they, their super side made, made it a, a good game. They carried them. Yeah. But, man, those clips, I think they're the best team. They are. They are. I, I agree. And I think it goes back to a little bit of what you said. If the Lakers are going to be great, AD has to be AD last night. If the Clippers are going to be great, PG has to be that dude like last night. Um, yeah. P- PG, PG has to be a top 
10 guy and yeah. for for the Lakers to be the best team AD has to be the best player in the league basically right because what he had that sequence in the third quarter I was like who's better than him on the court right right now and you had the stars of stars in the league on that court and Anthony Davis was the best guy right you know um how how did you think about you know the guard play for the what what did you think about the guard play for the Lakers? For the Lakers? Yeah. Guard play struggling, man. Guard play is definitely struggling. Uh, you know, obviously Le- LeBron plays a guard, but I, and I think this goes back to my whole thing about Le- LeBron controlling everything. You know what I mean? And that and that's the way he wins games. That is fine, but once you know, it's kind of like when you're boxing on a player. And that you're used to using that player so much that the other guys don't know what to do because they're mm-hmm. used to that. And that's the vibe it gives because even the, uh, in the preseasons, uh, I think Kuzma <laughs> grabbed a rebound yeah. <laughs> and LeBron asked for the ball and he borderline waved him off and just left with it because yeah. that's how it is to kind of play with LeBron at times. Is you know he, he wants to control everything and obviously, like I said, he wins games with it. But for the other guys, it kind of puts them in a place where they, it's like they have to learn to play basketball again a little bit. Yeah. No, definitely. And the thing is, what I saw from last night is um, Dion Waiters and Alex Caruso are going to be really big for them. Dion, yes. Dion, Especially, yes. Uh, but I think Caruso more than Dion even because defensively, Caruso is really good because he's really athletic. Yeah, disruptive. He's really disruptive, so he can put pressure and make plays, you know, off the ball also. Um, and offensively, they don't have that many guys that can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. Right. So if it's LeBron, like if LeBron, like yesterday, was struggling to beat his man one-on-one and getting easy buckets, and it's only Anthony Davis, um, you really, really ha- have to count on Caruso to do that. Right. And that just feels weird because... I mean, I, I I wouldn't think that Caruso would be that important for the Lakers, honestly. No, not not at this point of uh, of the season for sure. No, definitely not. And you know, Dion that they acquired right before the the season stopped. Um. I mean, he was a major key. I mean, yesterday I think it was plus seventeen. He had eleven points. Right. And I, I, Reggie and Kevin Arlen kept mentioning how steady he was. I was just like, man, everybody. Anybody talking about Dion that way? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a good sign for the Lakers. Oh, if you can maintain sure. that. Yeah. No, but uh, but it was a really good game. Like we said, you know, I, I'll take a best of fifteen. I hope this is the conference finals. I uh, hope so too. See, I hope we see those teams again because those are definitely the best teams in the West. It you is. Know, you can see the the contrast between those two games. The level of play, the, the yeah. intensity was just. It had nothing to do with the. Uh, not that the Pelicans Jazz game was bad. It's just the L E L E game was. It's just the talent level, level, right? The the talent yeah. level, and it was just, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, definitely. We 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 like to see the best guys going at it. Exactly, uh, like it's supposed to be. All right, so that was it for today's episode. Um, thanks, Ankh. Yes, sir. See you next week. All right, peace. Peace.